This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Welcome to Issues 2020, Sheriff. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we get a little background to start off, if, if you don't mind. How long have you served as Sheriff of Sedgwick County now? Uh, eight years. Eight years. It's an elective deal. But are you up for election again soon? I am this year. Yes, sir. Okay. How many employees do you have in, in your department? 535. Wow. Exact number. You know. Okay. 535. That's, <laughs> that's a big obligation. In addition to deputies on the streets and highways of the county, which we see that probably have the most contact with the public, you also have, what, detectives, clerical staff, detention, or jail staff as well, right? We do. Uh, yeah, the uh, about 300 of our personnel work inside the jail. The uh, uh, You provide security for the district court as well, right? No, that's actually courthouse police. Uh, but what we do provide up in judicial uh, courtroom security uh, for when there's like hearings, uh, those type of things oh. that take place up in judges' um, courtrooms. Okay, that, that's what I was talking about. You're actually, you guys are the people who, you're, you're the people who come in there when uh, we need to keep things under control in the courtroom then, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Wonder how that's been going because I know I know they've uh, haven't had as many because of the pandemic. Uh, they haven't had as many cases. They got a backlog. I mean, they got a backlog. They can't get people in there and get them cleared, can they? Yeah, it's it's becoming quite the issue. Uh, it's really affecting the jail because the system's clogged up right now, uh, which means uh, the folks that are, uh, you know. The murderers, the the rapists, the robbers, those folks that normally have high bonds, really high bonds, and they don't bond out, uh, they're not getting through the system, which means uh, either you know they're found not guilty and released, or they're found guilty and sent to prison. So, yeah, it's it's been uh, since March since we've had uh, trials taking place. Now we are doing um, hearings as long as the individual accused of the crime is okay with doing it over video. Um, because if they want to do it in the courtroom, then it's getting delayed. Um, they're starting to open that up more within the courtrooms, but we've been able to do a, quite a bit of stuff over uh, video conferencing. Well, if, somebody, the, if somebody's never been in, in, in one of those trials, uh, you have in fairly close contact. You get, you've got you get the judge. You've got the 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 person who the court reporter who's taken all the you know the testimony. You got uh, the defendant. There's three. You got at least two attorneys there for each side. There's five. A court guard means. I mean, you got and any spectators if you if plus you allow. a jury. Yeah, plus a jury. And, wow. Yeah, and you know the jurors. You have to. They're trying to figure that out now. How to hmm. separate them? Uh, six foot distancing because you know up in the jury box it's very close seating. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a uh, mess right now. So. Listen, Let's uh, backtrack for just a bit on these 535 employees you have. Uh, how many of those employees have, have tested positive for COVID-19? Do you have a head count on that? Yeah, pro- approximately right around 30 have. Um, and then, you know, we have um, some folks out right now uh, that uh, just tested yesterday, uh, and they'll get the results back today. So we have two people like that. I would imagine of those 30, then, have has anybody been hospitalized? Only one. Just, uh, only okay. one deputy had to be hospitalized. It's interesting because, you know, of course, a lot of people, just, this thing is almost nothing, and then some of them really, it really hits them hard, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I saw that 
oh, just within my own family and uh, see it with uh, folks at work and uh, and then, you know, friends and family that some of them had been hospitalized and uh, some uh, folks that uh, I knew uh, have actually passed away uh, from COVID. So, yeah, it's a whole range. Any sheriff's employees died with this virus? No. Uh-uh. Okay. But you're right. I mean, this is just... Uh the longer this goes on, it just seems to touch everybody, if not directly close, you know, somebody close by. It's, it's quite a deal. It is quite a deal. It's something that, uh, I've never experienced in my lifetime until now. And so, you know, you have to take the proper precautions. You have to, you know, it's important to wear the mask and, and, uh, you know, the thing that we really stress to our employees is hand sanitation. Uh, that's the biggest thing, uh, for us, especially inside the jail. So, uh, and you're right, nothing like this has ever occurred in our lifetimes, at least that I'm aware of either. So uh, you, you've talked about uh, that, a little bit more about what are you doing to protect your workers in the office, hand sanitation, sanitizing, and, and what else? Any other steps you've taken there? Uh, well, you know, the front end of the uh, jail or the lobby uh, is shut down to the public so we can reduce the amount of uh, traffic coming in there that can spread uh, COVID. If you do come in, you know, you're required to wear a mask. We check your temp- temperature uh, on the back end uh, when uh, arrested subjects are coming into the jail. Uh, there's a screening process that takes place with our uh, medical personnel. They have to wear masks. Uh, and, you know, we do the temperature checking and then check for uh, symptoms of COVID. Uh, if there's any symptoms whatsoever, we isolate immediately. Uh, if they're released uh, right away because of the charges, um, then they're released. If not, they're quarantined if they go up into housing for us. And then they're quarantined for 10 days. Within the office, I know here, of course, we've got these studios, as you know, and there's, they've got the keyboards and they've got the equipment and a lot of hands touch them. And oh, absolutely. We're constantly, like every three or four hours, going here with these wipey dipey things and, and wiping them down. And I know that you probably yeah. have something similar at your office where. You've some way to sanitize the the equipment in the facilities, right? We do, and oh, since about April, every six weeks, um, we have a company come in uh, that sprays down a real uh, high concentrated disinfectant, and then a barrier that if you uh, if COVID exists, you know, in a jail cell or on a desk or something like that, um, it kills it. So when we go to touch the same area we can't spread it so every six weeks we're uh desanitizing the entire jail complex uh, now we've talked about it within the facilities but your people are also out driving around and participate you're out in the communities a lot of the time and and uh, what have you done or can you do to protect your deputies out there in the field yeah we've done the same thing in the field as far as um, uh, spraying their cars with the same disinfectant and barrier and then provided them with um, uh, like a squirt bottle uh, to do the same thing after their shift. Uh, you know, they're, if they're on a call, I leave it up to them uh, whether or not uh, they're going to wear a mask because it can be a safety issue, especially from an eyesight standpoint with what we do. Uh, but if they're not on a call, then they're wearing a mask if they go eat or anything like that. Um, the other thing is, is uh, it's very important uh, to understand uh who might have COVID in their house that we're going to. So dispatch relays to us, uh, not names or anything like that, but that it's, there's a COVID patient at that particular house so we can put on the proper equipment if need be. 
I think it's a uh, – give any simpler way, I don't know I'm not, but they call it a code 12 or something like that. I've heard it. I've heard the dispatchers use that. Signal yes. 12. I've heard them use yes. that signal because that's good. That gives you at least a heads up of the possibility. But you're going to run into situations. Yeah, and, you know, this thing has just evolved since March um, between our health department's guidelines, the state's guidelines, the CDC guidelines. <laughs> um, it just keeps changing on how you should proceed and how you uh, should handle the situations. Uh, not a lot of changes in the last month and a half. So I think everybody's kind of settled into what is the best way to keep the spread from happening. Uh, so, but, you know, just trying to constantly was playing catch up on, okay, this is the recommendation today. What's the recommendation tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, it was pretty chaotic. A moving target, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to issues 2020 on the intercom radio stations and our guest is Century County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Uh, let's uh, switch a little bit and talk about, uh, the detention facilities. I think you've pretty much uh, give us a, given us a good idea, uh, but you've had some pretty big problems with COVID in the jail. Talk about that. How, how, yeah, how- we uh, so we were using that sanitation and stuff uh, that we were doing at either got lucky or we were doing the right thing, um, and then uh, we lapsed for about a week um, uh, from getting them back in there. Uh, and within that week, we had a couple inmates come down with it. Uh, unfortunately they worked in the inmate workers pod, which means they have contact all over the facility and then it spread. Uh, so, uh, in the beginning, you know, we had about 10, uh, folks, so we were able to house them up in the clinic, separated those type of things. Uh, and then it just started blossoming from there. So we reached out to KDHE or Kansas department of health and environment, uh, cause they dealt with the same thing in a prison in Lansing. And they came down, gave us some suggestions. So we started mass testing everybody um, and then trying to separate those folks between positive and negatives. Now, the biggest issue there is uh, in a jail setting, uh, that is extremely difficult because you have a lot of folks that cannot be around each other, either because cases they're involved in, different gangs, um, the, the sex offenders can't be around general population. So try to separate all those folks have to be separated 24 hours a day and then try to separate those folks inside of a jail setting um, because of COVID related issues. Uh, and it, it was, a, it was difficult. We got it done, but it was difficult. Um, we then retested all the first round negatives. Uh, we had a few come back as positive. Uh, we reached out to the CDC along with our medical provider and said, okay, what do we do at this point? Uh, they recommended to quit doing the mass testing, uh, that to keep those folks quarantined for 10 days, uh, and then start from the beginning and when they walk into the, uh, detention facility. So that's what we've went to now. Uh, and, uh, we have two people up in the clinic that have symptoms. Uh, they have not tested positive, but they have symptoms. Uh, so we've kept them, uh, isolated as well because this, you know, the incubation period could be. Uh, up to 10 days. So, um, and they were only about four or five days into it. And so we're now, um, don't have, uh, other than the two that are showing symptoms, uh, we've been able to eradicate, uh, COVID. Now you have inmates wrecking their family members that everybody's dying in the jail and everybody's sick. And that's simply not true. We haven't had a single inmate die. We've had a few that we hospitalized as a precautionary because of their age. Um, and we know that, uh, some of their underlying health problems, so we just took them straight to the hospital so they could be monitored, uh, 24 seven. 
So I just and I've I've never been in your jail. <laughs> I'm not. It could be someday. I don't really? know. <laughs> that just amazes me, Steve. <laughs> no, I've somehow <laughs> eluded the long arm of the law. But you know, I have this <laughs> vision that there you have cells, but also there are so many common areas where. Uh, the inmates have to go and, and do things like shower and, and and eat and things like that. That's got to, that's absolutely that's a real challenge in a population like that. Keeping them keeping the, the virus. It is, and then uh, dormitories uh, where they sleep on beds right next to each other. It's not cells, so those are our low level uh, inmates and our inmate workers and those type of stuff are in dormitories. So yes, it's uh, you know it can spread very easily, um, but again we're taking as many precautions as we can take to, cause every six weeks it's $67,000 to bring that company in to spray down barrier and to, um, disinfect. Wow. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're taking it seriously and you know, it's, uh, it, it's been a long, uh, couple months cause again, you know, dealing with complaints nonstop that folks should be let out because of COVID. Well, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is our population now, uh, because of the court system and because of the rise in violent crime, 86% of our inmates uh, are uh, pretrial felons. Uh, we're holding 104 murderers right now, which is the most we've ever held. So there's not a lot of uh, folks having to stay with us anymore for low-level type crimes. Wow. Uh, now, do you have uh, the... Uh the responsibility of the juvenile detention facility as well? No, we do not. Okay. That falls under uh, county um, corrections. Well, wait a minute. There's another conversation for somebody because they, they probably have similar problems uh, with the youth detention uh, with the kids, right? Uh, at any time you uh, have a detention center, uh, you can run into these problems. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they've had their fair share. I want to switch to you a little bit and talk about uh, – uh, it seems like every other day there's a new story about alleged police brutality. And as a career law mm-hmm. enforcement officer, and I know you're from a law enforcement family, uh, could you share some thoughts with me on that, please, Sheriff? Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the stuff that has happened nationwide is appalling. Uh, it's ridiculous, uh, and it should have never happened. And uh, there's some of those folks have been absolutely held accountable. Uh, hopefully the... Uh, individual up in uh, Minnesota is held accountable for his actions as well. And so uh, I don't condone that type of activity. I think, you know, me well enough here that um, we have uh, some folks that have made mistakes in the past. Some of them have been charged and some of them have absolutely been fired. Uh, So you got to hold those officers and and deputies accountable, plain and simple, uh, and hold them to that standard that the citizens expect and what I expect. Uh, But, on the flip side of that, to paint all law enforcement as racists and thugs and some of the other stuff, that's the clean words I can use on the air right. um, that we've been labeled. Uh, I don't agree with at all. Uh, there is a lot of people that do this job for the right reason uh, and do it very well every day. Uh, but you don't hear about those, those things. Um, all we hear about is uh, the things that have gone wrong. And, I'm, you know, we make mistakes. We're human. Uh, so there's going to be mistakes made, uh, hopefully never to the level of what we've seen nationwide. Uh, but you know, we'll hold them accountable to the mistakes are made, including myself, uh, and, uh, move on. But, you know, we have to have this dialogue with, with the community, which DA Mark Bennett and I have uh, been having some dialogue. Uh, it's a lot different, 
uh, for us because we're kind of the back end of the criminal justice system other than our uh, patrol area, but it's out in the county. Uh, so we don't have uh, near the crime uh, that they have in the city and, and near the citizen contact. But what we do have is the jail end of it, and that's where uh, we get most of our complaints that uh, uh, you know people aren't being fed or this, that, and the other, which simply isn't true. But uh, the rumors get started, and it spreads like wildfire, and you know we're all uh, horrible people that uh, don't understand and, and those type of things. And that's not that way with everybody. I mean, 90% of the folks here in this county absolutely support law enforcement right, and right. want us to hold people accountable. Uh, that uh, make mistakes, and those that make major mistakes should be charged with a crime or fired. You know, Sheriff, and this is going a little deeper on this, but, you know, there seems to be a tendency in this this time, in this place, in, in this country to paint others with a really broad brush. And, you know, you were talking about this. most of your officers are terrific people. You know, and I've experienced the same thing. I got into it a little bit on Facebook the other day because somebody was talking about the nasty media and how awful we are, you know. And I said, hang on, time out. I have never consciously told a lie on the air. I've never been dishonest. I've always tried. And I, I, I said, I just don't appreciate being lumped in and everybody being painted with such a broad brush. You, you see, you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, media is facing that too right now. And, you know, uh, the thing for me is, is I just want to, uh, here's the facts as yeah. we know them. I'm, I'm very fact orientated and that's how the media should be too. Here's the facts. Yeah. You know, like seems that, that everyone has a cell phone and they're, they're recording everything police officers do, but, but what about police body cams? What's, what's, what is their role in all of this? Uh, Sheriff, uh, you know, it, they have been, uh, extremely helpful. And so, uh, back when I was with the police department, uh, Colonel Moses tasked me with looking at, uh, body-worn cameras, and so I did. We brought them to Patrol North. Um, was a, a lot of officers were very hesitant, um, and then you couldn't get them off of them uh, because it showed that their actions were correct because we'll get complaints all the time, uh, and uh, a lot of them aren't factual. Uh, and you play the video, and you go, this isn't even close to what happened. Uh, you call the citizen back and say, well, I got the video. Here's what happened, and here's what I see you doing. Uh, and usually it's a, okay, well, I didn't want him getting in trouble anyway. Uh, talk to you later. Hang out. Uh, so the video stuff, uh, holds the citizen accountable and also holds our deputies accountable, uh, for their actions. And so what I'm seeing out of it is, uh, that there's a lot less false complaints being filed against sheriff's deputies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, once you show them, Hey, here's, here's what we got. A lot of them just back off then, huh? perpetrators, I mean. Yeah. And for us, most of it is tickets. Nobody likes getting a ticket, but, you know, uh, Wichita in the Cedric County has uh, a lot of fatalities for a city our size. And we've got to do traffic enforcement to slow people down, make people pay attention. Uh, it's not like we love giving out tickets because we don't, uh, but it, it's a it's the nature of the beast. We have to do it. And so a lot of the complaints come, well, they were rude or they were this, that, and the other. And you pull up the video and the deputy has taken a berated, has just been berated by somebody, uh, still being professional, just hands them the ticket and walks away and they're the one being rude. And I'm like, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Here's the video. Here's what we saw. So you know, and the other you know, thing, that deputy was very professional. You're talking about traffic and that's a sore point with me. Cause I, I, I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've, 
a, a really good driver. I re- <laughs> I spot people doing wrong things all the time. I say, boy, I wish wish I could pull them over and give them a ticket. But uh, it's a big. You've got a big area, and you get with with PD taking most of the city, but also sheriffs' uh, deputies are operating within the city as well. It's a large area. We do. In, yes. Uh, you can't catch everybody every time, I guess. No, you know, and I, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure you were friends with Don Hall, and it's just tragic what happened to him. But again, that's why you got to have traffic enforcement. Uh, the folks out here drinking and driving, uh, those type of things, uh, we, we've got to stop that. And, uh, you know, we've had two years of numerous fatalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're trying to hit the high accident locations, uh, the areas that uh, we need to concentrate on the most where there's been fatalities and those type of things. So, uh, you know, we have eight beats out in the county and usually about 10 uh, deputies working uh, per shift. And that's a very large county to cover with 10 deputies. So, no, we can't be everywhere. But if you need us, all you got to do is call and we'll mm. be there. And it's interesting because uh, I go through the same intersection where Don was killed every morning. And mm-hmm. his his empty chair is about 20 feet away from, from mine every morning. So... Yeah, we felt that, yeah. and I felt that. Oh, know, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I knew you guys would, and uh, but you know, it's kind of the, the unfortunately uh, for me because I knew Don really well. Is it's become the poster child for me to go. This is why we have to crack down on drunk driving. Uh, him and numerous other uh, victims here in Cedric County that have died because of drunk drivers. Beyond dealing with the pandemic, what, what's the biggest challenge you face in your department today? Uh, two things. We got to get the court system back up and running. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in the beginning. Um, we had about sixteen hundred inmates that got dropped down to twelve hundred, which was very manageable. Um, and uh, because we got judges and stuff started releasing people for you know five hundred dollar bonds on traffic stuff, those type of things. Um, we're back up to over sixteen hundred again, and it's not going to go down because of the court system. So that's number one. Secondly, you know, morale. Morale is an issue within the sheriff's office. We can't uh, seem to keep people retained inside the jail, which I understand uh, just because of the stresses in there and everything else that's been going on. Um, you know, some of the morale out in the field, uh, you know, pe- some of the deputies thinking that nobody likes them and those type of things. Um, and so, you know, a lot of your viewers send us uh, a lot of very nice emails, have done very nice things uh, for us, and I just have to keep reminding them, hey, Remember, there's about 90% of the people, the silent majority, supports what we do. Uh, concentrate on that. Uh, the negative uh, in my 30 years comes and goes, uh, depending on national events. Uh, but, again, stay professional, have integrity, and have ethics, and we'll make it through it. You know, this pandemic and all that's going on, it's not just you. I think I think morale is pretty pretty low for a lot of people across this country. We're looking for some good news. Oh, absolutely. We're looking for some good news, aren't we? <laughs> oh, Everybody is. And, and uh, again, yeah, everybody has morale issues uh, in, in a business or those type of things. But what, what is, to be honest with you, I can't wait until the election is over with. The negativity going on in this country uh, is really hurting us, and we need something positive. So after the election is over with, hopefully some of that negativity uh, tampers down and we can get back to uh, normal life if COVID, you know, done and over with that's creating a lot of uh yeah. stress and a lot of negativity and hopefully we can turn the corner on it and, and get back to who we are as americans and we help each other out and, well, and especially in this community we live in a great community steve so 
Uh, well, I wanted, uh, I've got we'll to, make the turn. i got to cut you off. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. That's all for this all edition right, of you, Issues Steve. 2020, and we'll be back next week. Our guest this week is a Sheriff uh, Jeff Easter. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.